Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist and the author of the Complete Compliance Handbook. And I'd like to welcome you to episode 83 of Compliance Into the Weeds, a podcast where, with my good friend and colleague Matt Kelly, founder and editor of Radical Compliance, we take a deep dive, literally going into the compliance weeds on a particular topic. Today, the topic is a current event, Roseanne and compliance. We take a look at the incredibly vile and racist tweet that Roseanne put out on the early morning hours of Tuesday, May 29th. 2018, ABC's response, and what lessons there are for the compliance practitioner to learn from this. Matt wrote a great blog post on it, and we're going to take that blog post and really go into the weeds and uh, deep dive on the issues of ethics, values, and corporate priorities, all from a compliance perspective. It's a fascinating episode given the timely nature of the event. I think you will find it very interesting and very useful for you to think about some of those concepts in the context of your own compliance program. This is Tom Fox, the author of the Complete Compliance Handbook. Compliance Into the Weeds is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. This week, no, we're not revisiting Michael Cohen. We're actually going to talk about Roseanne. And Matt wrote what I thought was just a stunningly great post entitled Roseanne Corporate Priorities and Social Media. If you haven't heard about uh, the Roseanne imbroglio, spoiler alert, we're going to talk about it. So, Matt, with that, uh, why don't you tee us up? Yeah, well, I, I think probably many people have heard of this, that on Tuesday afternoon, or uh, let's backtrack, late Monday night, late Memorial Day, uh, Roseanne Barr fired off a tweet that was undeniably racist in its overtones, uh, where she was in some sort of long discussion about WikiLeaks and Julian Assange and these deep state conspiracy theories, and then fired off a tweet about Valerie Jarrett, who was one of Barack Obama's top aides during the Obama administration, and Valerie Jarrett is black. And that is important because Roseanne Barr, as I think most people know, set off this tweet saying Muslim Brotherhood and Planet of the Apes had a baby equals VJ, Valerie Jarrett. So here's Roseanne Barr comparing a black woman to uh, some sort of half-Muslim, half-ape person that is undeniably vile and racist, and to no surprise, uh, that caused a huge social media controversy Tuesday morning. So Roseanne sent this out, I think, maybe perhaps at like 2 a.m. Tuesday morning Eastern time. But by the time everybody on the East Coast was waking up and having their breakfast, everything was up in arms. Um, ABC fired Roseanne later on that afternoon, and uh, they were very upfront about it, and just flat out said that we are not going to work with somebody who espouses these views. They are not in step with our values. And uh, that is a big shocker because ABC had brought Roseanne's TV show back for another season earlier this spring after, I think, like 20 years off. Um, and it was a big success. And they renewed it for season two. And I know that they are well into filming season two. And ABC just said, no, we're shutting this down. So Roseanne has been fired. Um, the Roseanne re revival show is not happening anymore. Um, I know that older episodes of the original Roseanne sitcom, they've like been pulled off of Hulu and various other TV networks. And Roseanne's talent agency has also dropped her as a client. 
And Tom, as you and I are talking now on Wednesday, we should, of course, add that Roseanne now blames this on Ambien. And in probably one of the best pot shots I've ever seen a corporation take, <laughs> Sanofi, which sells Ambien, which is a sleeping pill, uh, said that to the best of its knowledge, racism has never been a side effect of any Sanofi product. And that was a pretty hard burn on Roseanne Barr, who, in my opinion, deserves every single thing that she just got because – that tweet was vile. It was racist. I've never liked her or considered her funny anyways. I was willing to tolerate the show up until this happened, but good riddance to bad rubbish as far as I'm concerned. But that's just the news, and I know we've got other compliance implications to talk about. Well, before we get to the news, I just have to, to say that other than the N-word, this is, I think, the most vile thing you can say about an African-American uh, yeah. I've lived in the South all my life. I accept my Southern heritage with the good, the bad, and the ugly. And this statement, um, the best example I can give you is in 1988, I tried my first lawsuit as a first chair attorney, and it happened to be uh, not in Houston, but in my hometown, in my home county where I grew up. And at one point, the defendants, I was representing the plaintiff, uh, the defendant's corporate representative said, yeah, it's really sophisticated, but it, the reality is it's so simple that even a monkey can do it. And there was one African-American juror uh, or member of the jury, and I remember looking at her, and her head just snapped when he said that. And uh, she, they lost her vote right then. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's when I realized what that phrase means, uh, an ape to an African-American. And this is not a First Amendment matter. Um, This may not be screaming fire in a crowded theater, uh, but you don't have a First Amendment right uh, to insult people to this level. So I do heartily agree with your sentiment sentiment that uh, ABC did the right thing, um, whether or not they had to do it or not, they did it. And I do applaud them for that. But Matt, really what struck me about your post was that it's a three-part post. If you look at it, I'm going to link to it in the show notes. And that certainly uh, set the stage. You've got the quotes, excuse me, the tweets. You've got Disney's uh, response. Uh, You don't have in there uh, Trump's response today, which uh, was completely incoherent. But you do bring up some great points for the compliance practitioner that we typically don't discuss around compliance. The first is social media. That obviously gets some play. But then you take it to a a different uh, place, which is priorities and risk velocity. Can you tell us really how you came up with that and, and walk us through that? Yeah, well, my take about social media for a while now has been that you know, many compliance and audit executives will hear the phrase social media risk. We use it. It's shorthand. But when you really think about what social media does, social media is not a risk unto itself, I would say. I would say that social media is the accelerant for all risks that you already have, or at least the vast majority of them. And so now imagine that you are the president of ABC Entertainment, a woman named Shannon Dunney, um, or you are Robert Iger, who is the CEO of Disney, which is the parent company of ABC. Like neither one of them woke up on Tuesday morning thinking this would be their day. This this is all of the, what they were thinking about was going to be consumed by Roseanne Barr shooting her mouth off in such an offensive way. Um, now, dealing with 
big egos in the entertainment world uh, certainly is something that I think both of them are probably accustomed to. But social media accelerates how you have to handle these unpredictable situations. And that's really the the through line for corporate compliance and ethics officials um, or ethics officers. You know, like what does social media take away? When I say it's, it accelerates things, it, it speeds up the chain of events. And okay, so speeding up, what does that mean? Well, there are certain things that historically companies would have had the opportunity to do with some allegation of employee misconduct, which is what this was, um, that no longer exists. So specifically, I was thinking like documentation of a problem, the announcement of an allegation, uh, investigating the allegation, evaluating what should be done about it. Social media has accelerated all of that up to, I guess, an infinite speed or elapsed the time down to zero, however you want to describe it, because other people now do that for you. And what I was really thinking about as I was kind of noodling on that idea is actually think of our last famous brush with racism in corporate America only happened about six weeks ago at Starbucks, where the uh, coffee shop in Philadelphia, the manager there called police on two black men who were sitting there waiting for a business appointment. And rather than try to explain to them what they were doing or weren't doing, were they going to buy coffee or not? She just called the cops and had them arrested. Now, Typically, that is a very serious allegation of potential racism, and you'd have to handle it gently. In the social media age, none of that happened. Somebody caught the arrest on video. Somebody put it up online. 20 million people have seen it. All of the documentation and investigation of this all got done by somebody else, not by Starbucks. All the Starbucks CEOs and the leaders there could do would be sit back and say, well, this is what it is, clearly. We don't need to document it. The video's there. We don't need to investigate. The video's there. It tells us what to do. All we can do is respond immediately. And that's exactly the same situation that Roseanne put ABC in yesterday. Um, they really had no opportunity to think about what should we do, what should we not do. In my opinion, this was a clear thing anyways. I think they probably would have fired her no matter what. But social media made all of this instant and immediate. It's just the accelerant for risks and challenges you already have because it takes a lot of the tasks of sorting that out. It takes it away from the company and lets everybody do it for everybody else all at once. And that's that's really the, the dynamic that's happening here. Let me unpack one thing you hinted at, but uh, really uh, certainly in that paragraph of your post, but really didn't uh, flesh out because you were so focused on the priorities and risk velocity. And that's values. We mm-hmm. saw in uh, Starbucks, uh, I thought, an appropriate response based upon the values of the company. Uh, with ABC, I thought we saw an appropriate response based upon the values of the company. Why did a company such as United, who had a passenger literally drug off a plane uh, by police, arrested uh, while being concussed, all videoed, yet uh, made such a opposite bonehead move, does it come down to the values of the company, which either allowed or uh, uh, led Starbucks and ABC to to make the decision or something else? Well, I think compliance and uh, ethics executives should really have a clear understanding in their head about the difference between ethics and values and priorities, because they all three mean something separate. 
And hey, man, it's compliance into the weeds. You knew we were going to dork out when you listened to us. So let me dork out. Um, I would say that ethics are that set of moral codes. And that's, you know, really when we think about um, leading a good and proper life, that's ethics. But values really are the importance we place on various things. And a company's values dictate what its priorities are. Um, behaving ethically, behaving in a moral way could be a value. You probably do have some value on it, but you could have a lot of value and it would therefore be a high priority, or it could be a low value and therefore it would be a lower priority. We need to think about how companies communicate to their employees especially, and probably to others, third parties and other stakeholders and whatnot generally, but how what your priorities really are, and they would then guide the employees about what it is that we want to do. Um, it's easy to say that inclusion is a good ethical value or good ethics and like a good ethical quality is um, tolerance of others and the value is diversity in the workforce sure but what does that actually mean how important is it it's a priority relative to what and look abc has swallowed an awful lot of cost by firing Roseanne Barr. Um, they were already spending money on this. They already, I'm sure they will get some backlash from some conservative right-wing knee-jerk people out there. Um, but this is going to cost them money to do this. And ABC is a business, which means one of its priorities is always going to be make money. Where is that on the priority list? And under what situations is make money number one? And under what situations is uphold our good ethical value of inclusion, is that going to be higher? Which then leads you to say, well, then that's so high, it's more important than making money. So we're going to fire her. We're going to shut down the show. We're going to take the hit. Um, a better way to think about this, and there's a great book out there by the Heath brothers. Uh, I think they're Chip and Dan Heath called Decisive and How You Make Decisions. They give the little hypothetical example of selling a hot dogs or selling hot dogs at a hot dog stand. You can have a value of honesty to the customer. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that value. But if your priority is to make money every single time, then I buy the hot dog, I trip right there and I drop the hot dog and you know the honest value would be tough luck, pal. You know, you want another hot dog, it's two more bucks. But then they have you know, the, the lower priority in that case would be customer service. Is it customer service or is it customer retention? What do you want? If you wanted a priority is long-term engagement with your customer, long-term value and having a good rapport, you would say, sorry, that stinks. You dropped the hot dog. Here's a free one. Please come back tomorrow. Under both situations, honesty is still upheld as the key value, but is the priority there making money, or is it the priority to have a good long-term relationship? Um, that book, Decisive by the Heath Brothers and that hot dog stand example, I've written about it before. It's worth reading, the book is, but it's a good way to understand that priorities are what you value, literally, you know, how much do value do you assign to these different objectives you have? What order are they in? And that dictates how employees are going to respond in the real world. And the problem with social media is when you have less time to contemplate what should we do, 
and you haven't anticipated these circumstances. Nobody anticipated Monday night that Roseanne would ruin everybody's day Tuesday morning. Um, you have to default to what are our priorities? And your priorities are dictated by your values. Well, what are your values? They therefore mean your priorities are these. So when this surprise comes along and everybody on social media is screaming for action now, 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 my priorities say I probably should do this. In this case, it was firing Roseanne. Like I said, I don't think it's a, ter a terribly difficult situation, but it shows how these things interplay when there are more difficult, less clear-cut situations that will arise. So, Matt, one of the things that struck me about this post, and, and frankly why it was spoke so powerfully to me, was that uh, as a nuts and bolts compliance practitioner, I saw this as a lesson to be learned for actually the nuts and bolts of compliance, not mm -hmm. simply the priorities, values, or even ethics, but really how they interplay and most importantly, how to prepare for them in a true emergency situation. Uh, I used to say the emergency was when your name appeared on the front page of the Wall Street Journal, New York Times, or Financial Times. Uh, but I think that is, uh, unfortunately, either last century or way too old school. Uh, now it's literally, how do you make these decisions at the speed of social media? How do you get that information up from those who are monitoring social media up through middle management to senior management, literally to the CEO of Disney? Um, who uh, looks like at 1.01 p.m., I have to assume West Coast time, six to eight hours, six to seven hours after this became public, uh, was able to uh, make the decision uh, for termination and publicly announce it so that there had to have been some process. So uh, maybe one of the, the lessons, or at least the one of the lessons I drew was have a process in place. If this happens to you, get the information to those who have the authority uh, to make the decision, make the decision, and then announce that decision uh, out to the rest of the media. Yeah, I mean, I think all of that is very good to have in place as best you can. I also think, though, at the same time, we have to appreciate the reality that many times employees, executives, they will be forced now to start making decisions that will be very public, and they'll be very widely discussed with incomplete information and incomplete understanding. You know, all we have here to go on is the video of two guys getting arrested at Starbucks. All we have to go on is the really stupid thing that Roseanne said on Twitter. Um, you know, when compliance officers often think about ethics training, uh, when we often talk about ethics training, we're often talking about how to go through a process to achieve compliance with some rule or regulation and that's good but you know let's all remember that the most dangerous situation for an employee will be that one which your training did not anticipate and there is some certain set of circumstances out there and the employee is going to be thinking well geez how am i going to do this because the process doesn't really answer what i've got here in front of me what should i do it's about what are the ethics that they've been inculcating into me and what are the priorities I know from the company. And if the CEO is always talking about try to do the right thing, I'll decide one way. If the CEO is always talking about make more money or you're going to get fired, and we could make a Wells Fargo reference here, but I'll take a pass. Um, you know, if that other kind of message is what they see as the priorities, they're going to make a decision in a very different way. Um, and all of this ultimately will be done live 
in way out there in the open in social media. It will all get dissected in hindsight. It's never going to be a pleasant experience. But thinking about what are the ethics this company has, what are the values that we've decided on, which therefore guide these priorities, have we communicated those priorities to the employees? They're going to be guideposts they can use when they come across a chaotic, unanticipated situation. That's really what people need to think about because that's what's going to trip you up. Not necessarily that, you know, some situation came up that we did expect, it did answer into the compliance training, they did follow the process 99 through 100 steps, we missed one, that's not going to be the end of the world. It's when there are no steps, nobody's got any idea what to do, but the employee has to take the first step right now while everybody's watching on Twitter, you better be sure that they know what the priorities are with the company and they're acting in step like that. Otherwise, that's going to be the big mess. So I guess in this situation, because the facts were so egregious, and and here I really like your use of the word vile. You paired that with vile and racist, and it's certainly racist, but I guess it was to me the vileness of it which took it up to a level. But the, the values of the company, coupled with the priorities of doing business in a, a social media-driven consumer world, uh, seem to be within the AB, the greater ABC family aligned on this situation. And perhaps yeah. that's the answer with Starbucks and why the answer at uh, United Airlines was so different. You know, I think that uh, United Airlines could have done much better in the past talking about how, uh, what its priorities were. And look, we all, everybody who's listening here, I'm sure we all fly on U.S. airlines all the time. Priority certainly seems to me to be maximizing revenue and not customer experience. And perhaps if United had thought about that a little more, it would have avoided the situation it had found itself in where they did haul that guy off um, and knocked him unconscious and all of that other headache that they did. Um, yeah, it, it is what it is. You know, one other factual thing I wanted to bring up uh, just for the record, when Roseanne said that this, that Valerie Jarrett was uh, the Muslim Brotherhood in Planet of the Apes had a baby. The Muslim Brotherhood part came about because there are people who believe Valerie Jarrett is of Iranian descent. Number one, Muslim Brotherhood is in Egypt, not Iran. Number two, Valerie Jarrett is not Iranian. Just wanted to put that out there. So this entire tweet was dumb, ill-informed, incorrect, racist, and vile. And like, where else were we going to be other than firing her? And like I said before, good riddance to her. Uh, I would just uh, uh, credit, uh, if I don't think I can say kudos, because the entire episode is so vile, but I would credit ABC with making such a quick decision. If they had let this uh, simmer for a couple of days, I think the backlash would have been uh, uh, much worse for ABC. But by cutting off uh, the situation, I think they, they helped themselves with their priorities, with their customer base. I agree. Yeah. So um, really from, from what we both agree was one of the most uh, more vile and racist treat, tweets we'd seen from a public figure uh, recently, uh, quite a bit of uh, lessons uh, to be learned here, Matt. And uh, once again, just a great blog post, and uh, it was very fun uh, geeking out with you on this one. Thank you very much, Tom.
Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again, and I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of Compliance Into the Weeds. If you would like to contact Matt, you can email him at mkelly at radicalcompliance.com. You can contact me at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. Thanks again for listening to this episode, and I hope you join us again next week when Matt and I take apart a compliance topic literally going into the weeds on it. Compliance Into the Weeds is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.